0: To come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world.
1: Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame.
2: Award winning singer. Best selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly.
0: It only takes a minute. That's right. It only takes a minute to change your life. This is Dr. Willie Jolly coming to you from Washington, D.C. in the studios here for uh, Sirius XM Channel 141. And for sure, I am grateful for another opportunity to be on with you. You know, I start the same way. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it just a tiny little minute. but in eternity is in it. Greetings to everybody across America, coast to coast, border to border. All of the people who make this a part of their weekly retu- routine, I am grateful and I applaud and celebrate you for making this a part of your growth program and that is why we started this program to get you going and growing to the next level I am grateful for all of you who send me emails please continue to, f- to send me those emails at uh, info at willyjolly.com or go to just willyjolly.com and you can hit me up also for Twitter follow me on Twitter and for those who are LinkedIn and, and Facebook and you can get a daily positive message every day on Facebook So I'm just grateful for all of you and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you are making a point to make this show part of your weekly routine now you know i take a moment beginning of every show to give god glory i'm grateful for what god has done i give god glory not for the speaking and the books and television radio No, no 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 i'm give god glory for life god's gift to us is life our gift to god is what we do with our lives and that's why we should live extraordinary lives and make a difference and make an impact the bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children so i hope that you are uh are working on that and and making a point to Put that in your legacy that you're going to live an inheritance that someone will know you came this way. Well, today's guest is someone who is doing just that. Folks, this is one of those wild shows. You know, I bring the best and the brightest. I've had Colin Powell. I've had Les Brown. I've had uh, Dennis Kimbrough, B. B Smith, uh, Tom Hopkins. You know, name them. We've got the best and the brightest. (laughs) Today we got another. Woo, baby, we got another one today. You all know him. Everybody who's listening to the sound of my voice knows him. You know him for a number of different reasons. You know him, one, because he's an author, an entrepreneur, a a philanthropist. But most people know him for a book that he wrote called, it's the number one New York Times bestseller, by the way, The Pursuit of Happiness. And the movie that came as a result of that starring Will Gardner, Smith, Will Smith. And this gentleman is one you all know. His name is Chris Gardner. He is the author of The Pursuit of Happiness and the story that came from it where he was a single parent who was homeless and and struggled and now has become one of the top, not only speakers, philanthropists, but one of the top uh, financial people in america and he is the two twenty ten 2010 was named ambassador of pursuit and happiness for aarp and he has just continued to travel around the world and we've been trying to get on his schedule to get him for about a year and so we are able to do it today and he's off again next week and, and i mean all through the next few months so i'm just glad to have him chris my brother are you there
2: Man, I'm right here with you, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Man, it's a joy to have you, and and a joy to share this uh, great interview with the uh, listeners all across America well I gave them the thumbnail sketch you know everybody knows I think everybody knows your story was just on TV again just recently and I mean I, I watched it again and was inspired again and you can give a quick thumbnail sketch of what I left out you know everybody knows that you were homeless but I did not know until I read the books that you had been uh, in the Navy and that you had uh, some medical background and, and you were trying to find yourself you love Miles Davis you love music so why don't you give the rest of the story that I did not well, share
2: well you know what I do have to say to that and I'm so so thankful for this opportunity I've got to tell you ma'am, I never saw the film in its entirety at one setting until the world premiere in Rome wow our director was Gabriel Muccino. this was his first ever American film okay that's a separate story but my point is at previous premieres and showings of the film there were times there were times when we were filming I would just get up and walk away Willie. I couldn't do it. Wow. I couldn't take it. Because for me when you see when you see the film, you're seeing that one moment in time the director is trying to capture. Mm. I can see the whole day. Wow. You see what I mean?
1: Yes, yes. You
2: know, I'm seeing it in 3D.
1: <laughs> wow. And the
2: only reason I saw the film in its entirety in Italy was because I sat next to a little old Italian woman, and early into the movie, she grabbed my hand and she wouldn't let me go. Wow. She didn't know who I was. I didn't know who she was, but she held my hand and wouldn't let me go. And I had to sit there and watch the whole film in Italian. <laughs> wow.
3: wow,
2: wow, right? Yes. Uh, but back up a little bit about Gabrielle uh, Muccino. Gabriel Muccino was selected by Will Smith personally to direct this film over some of the biggest names in Hollywood. Even though Gabrielle had never directed a Hollywood film, he had been very successful in Italy and Europe. And he did not speak English. What? He had to take a crash course in English in order to interview for Will Smith to get the job. Wow. He said one thing in the interview that made Will Smith say, I will take direction from this guy. And what he said was, whatever you do, do not let an American direct this film because Americans don't appreciate the American dream.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: Huh? Woo! Could have been a whole different movie had a more Hollywood name directed. That's number one. But number 1A, the other reason, and I, this is not just my opinion, I believe Will would back me up on this, uh, one of the reasons the film became so successful is Will asked me to be there for the very beginning of filming. He said to me, playing you is going to be harder than playing Muhammad Ali.
3: Mm.
2: His point was, everybody knows Ali. They know the stories. They know what happened. They know what Ali said, how he reacted. But nobody knows you. Mm. Huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. All
2: right? So we're sitting there talking. This is the very first time I met him. We're sitting there talking, and about two hours into the conversation, man, this dude kind of leans back in his chair. He's got his hand in his chin. And he had begun to, quote, study me. Wow. Now, that made me uncomfortable, Well, I wow. study. I don't like being studied. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, I guess the brothers would call it clocking.
1: That's right. That's right. Right? <laughs> right.
2: Man, don't be studying me.
1: <laughs> right.
2: But um, I could not be happier with the depiction. I could not be happier with the work. And... To have the opportunity, Willie, this is a long-winded answer, but uh, I want to share some stuff with you that, you know, you didn't see in the film and you're not going to read the book. Yes. Uh, To have had the opportunity to be on the set every day for 17 weeks and any time I had an issue with anything or I didn't think something was quite right or didn't feel comfortable, I could just go over to Will and say, look here, man, let me talk to you for a minute. Now, normally, you sell the rights to your life story, to Hollywood, Yes. you get your check and two tickets to the premiere. That's it. They don't (laughs) want you anywhere around.
1: Right, right.
2: Right? Because they want to do what they want to do. Right. But I, excuse me, I did not want to look up at the screen one day and say, whoa, wait a minute, who who is that guy? Yeah. Right. Yep. So Will gave me that opportunity. Um, taking it a step further, one of the scenes, Willie, really, that has become iconic in the film and it's resonated with people all around the world. The film, by the way, became the first American film ever shown in China. Wow. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Wow. I did not.
2: First American film ever shown in China, bro. The film, take, the scene takes place on the basketball court.
1: Yes. Yes. In the
2: original script, when the little boy throws up the ball and says, I'm going pro, in the original script, the father comes down on him hard and says, forget about that. You can never do that. I couldn't do it, so that means that you won't be any good at it. I waited until we were going to film that scene that day, and I went up to Will Smith and I said, you can't tell that to that little boy because that's not what my mama told me. mm." We had a very heated discussion about it for 30 minutes. Me, Will Smith, our director, Gabriel Muccino, and one of the producers. The producer's position was, well, the father's got to keep it real with the kid. My position was, man, you live in Hollywood. What do you know about keeping it real? Mm. And mm. after 30 minutes, it was Will Smith who says, you know what? Chris is right because my mama told me the same thing. We tore up the original script, and what we wrote became iconic. What we wrote was, don't ever let somebody else tell you what you can't do. That's right. You got a dream. You got to protect it. You want something, go get it.
0: Period period man that is one of the most powerful scenes in that movie and it continues to inspire me so what we're going to do is take a quick break we're going to come back go i want to get into some of these life lessons that are profound folks and let me tell you i have been glued to the books that uh, chris sent me an autograph copy and i hope you got my autograph copies i sent you my brother I did. all right thank you all right so we're going to come right back after this quick break folks and talk to chris gardner from The Pursuit of Happiness and his latest book was Start Where You Are, Life Lessons and Getting from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be and then just life lessons and stuff that y'all didn't know that's not written like what he just told us about that movie. Let me tell you folks, this is going to be an interview that's going to change your life. So call Lottie, call Dottie, call everybody, tell them to turn on Sirius XM Channel 141, turn on WillieJolly.com. get it somehow, some way because we want to help you Grow to the next level. And for sure, your best is yet to come. We'll be right back.
1: All this changed in the blink of
0: an eye. Now all my heart wants to do. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the all access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of
1: the to the your attitude it's not
0: your attitude it's not your attitude it's all about your attitude it's about your attitude it's about your attitude it's about your attitude it's all about your attitude it's about your attitude it's about your attitude it's about your attitude it's all about your attitude it's about your attitude it's about your attitude it's about your attitude it's all about your attitude. it's about your attitude one eight another word that has such a big impact Uh, on your success uh, or your failure. uh, Attitude, not just about a disposition, but also about how you uh, see the world, how you uh, see life, Do you see it from a negative perspective or do you see it from a positive perspective? It's your choice. It's about your attitude. See, my friend Keith Harrell wrote a book called Attitude is Everything. And he wasn't lying. Attitude truly is everything. It's about how you view things, how you perceive things, and how you go after things. Can you control the time? No. Can you control the weather? No. Can you control what other people say or do? No, no, no. You can only control you and your attitude, and your attitude to life determines your altitude in life. It's about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's all about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's all about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's not your attitude. It's all about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's about your attitude. It's about your attitude. Now, Dennis Brown says that the only difference between a good day and a bad day is your attitude. See, stuff is gonna happen. Life is going to happen. Change is going to happen. Someone once said in life, you either got a problem, And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly across America on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. I'm so excited to have you as my guest or my visitor and my house guest. But I've got a special guest who's talking to you as another part of our family. And he is the one and only Chris Gardner from The Pursuit of Happiness, philanthropist, Uh, author, entrepreneur, uh, financial uh, success story, and single parent who... Started from I like the new that song. Started from the bottom. Now you're here, <laughs> and you started it's from working. the and still working. I mean working yeah. hard too. Uh, Tina Sanders, who is your your right hand, she's awesome. By the way, uh, she hey, and I yeah. talked one one day not long ago, and she said, "Willie, here's the dates where I can get Chris there." And that's this was the only date we could get. And he said, "She said he's here, he's there, he's Malaysia, he's this place, he's that place, he's gone, he's that." I said, good God almighty, that guy is working like like, like he is just, uh, you know, never seen anything. She said, "And he, hey,
2: You know what, Willie, let me tell you. Something. Yes. Loving every minute Let's, of it. Let's
0: talk about that. What drives you to keep going like that, Chris?
2: You know what, man? I have been blessed beyond the dreams of a thousand men. Mm. I mean, to have lived a life that has inspired millions of people around the world to pursue happiness on their terms. I mean, the folks at Sony tell me, by now a billion people around the world have seen the film. Mm. The first book and the second book have now been published in over 44 languages, including six dialects of Chinese. Mm. When you do the math on that, Willie, that means that book can be read by three-fourths of the people on the planet. Wow. I mean, who knew? And happiness is a global pursuit. That's right. I mean, let me tell you something, man. I spoke in 22 countries last year. I'm probably going to do that in the first half of this year. Yeah. So uh, to have been blessed and to have lived a life that other people can look at and see, well, you know what, if he did that, then I can do this.
0: Right. And that's the point. That's it. That, that, that really is the point, isn't it? thats is possible. That's the point. Yep, it's possible. Well, one of the things you say in this book, and I, I'm going to jump right in and thought, you say this is, I, it, it struck me. You said, um, on-the-job training, a Harvard MBA, or street smarts, whichever one, from ancient history or pop culture or around the dining room table, in the pews, through direct instruction, or by example, my feeling is... Why not let the world be our true classroom? Going mm. right along with what you just talked about, traveling the world. Talk, let's talk about that. Uh, you, you make, you you, know you learn
2: everywhere. Let me tell you something. That goes all the way back to something that uh, in my new book that hasn't been released yet that I am currently working on. I'm working on my new book now, Love, Spiritual Genetics, and the New American Dream. Mm. But you said something right there. Let the World Be Your Classroom. Man, that was something that my mother and my uncles instilled in me as a very young man. Now, you're talking to a guy who never knew his dad. Everybody Mm. knows that. right? But I had these uncles who were my father figures, and all of whom, Willie, had served in the military. Mm. I grew up hearing all these stories about Paris and the Philippines and... Rome and South America and all these stories. And I knew from a very early age, I am not going to go to college. I'm going to go and see the world. Mm,
1: Okay? Yes.
2: Man, I joined the Navy to see the world. They sent me to Jacksonville, North Carolina. (laughs) right but it was the best thing in the world that could have happened Willie because what happened there was as a young guy again this whole concept of spiritual genetics I made some decisions as a young guy and uh, one of the most important decisions I ever made in my life was I was going to become world class at whatever I did with my life Mm. world class not good Not pretty good. Let somebody else be pretty good. I wanted to become world-class at it. And as a result of having been sent to Jacksonville, North Carolina, to the Naval Regional Medical Center at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, I had an opportunity to work with a couple of physicians who were young and among the best in the world at what they did. Mm. And one of them took me under his wings, Dr. Robert Ellis.
1: Yes, you mentioned him in the One picture.
2: of them took yes. me under his wings, right? Yep. He saw, quote, this guy has got the potential, but he's got the hands, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing surgery, there's something, that the hands, there's a touch, right?
3: Yes. I mean, you can
2: have all the chemistry, anatomy, biology, physics, all that stuff up in your head, but if you can't translate that into what you do with your hands... You couldn't be a surgeon. Mm. Dr. Ellis took me under his wing. She got released six months before I did and offered me a job in San Francisco, California. I took the job. It was the best thing in the world that I ever did in my life. Wow. Because it was there, again, seeking the opportunity to become world-class at something and mastering something, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And it was Dr. Ellis who also helped me make a very, very key decision Medicine was changing. This would have been the early, mid 70s, 74, 56, and the practice of medicine was beginning to change. And he started talking to me about something called socialized or nationalized medical care, what we now know to be the HMOs, uh-huh. meaning the business of medicine has changed dramatically. Right. And he sat me down in 1975 it said to me look you might want to reconsider because being a physician is not going to be what it used to be economically Mm -hmm. I am so glad I took his advice Wow! but my point is early on young guy key decision I'm going to become world-class in whatever I do with my life and that's one of the things that I'm doing right now is saying to young people every opportunity I get some decisions, all the decisions that you are making right now today make the difference in the rest of your life.
1: Mm, say that again. Say that again.
2: All all the future is, all the future is, is the sum of all the decisions you made today. Mm. The decisions and the commitments that you made today, that's what the future looks like.
1: Wow. I love in the book. Yeah,
2: you can do something about that.
0: Yep. Um, uh, You you say in the book, and I'm skipping because you just brought up something I had read earlier in the book: the fact that uh, wherever you end up, you drove there, (laughs) man. Please.
2: And you know what? You got to accept that. That is, you're referring to. Okay, let's let's do this for folks who didn't read the book but just saw the movie. Yes. The scene in the film where my son and I spent the night in the washroom at the train station where we spent too many nights. Another key difference between reality and the film, in the film, people saw Jaden Smith play my son as a five-year-old. They did that for the the dialogue. Okay. Reality, Willie, you know, my son was 14 months old. Wow. He was still in diapers. Wow. And I had to wash my son up every day in that bathroom. There was a highly polished piece of sheet metal over the sink. It wasn't a mirror, but it served as a mirror. And I had to ask myself some very hard questions every day. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? What's going to happen next? But the hardest question, Willie, I had to ask myself every day and answer was, how did I get here? Mm. The answer was, I drove here. Mm. I had something to do with the situations and circumstances that had become my life. I drove here. And there's something very empowering about that, well, it's like something very liberating, because the truth is, whoa, well, if I drove here, I can drive out of here. Mm. You cannot change something until you own it. Mm. I drove here. And that is a lesson that is just as applicable for individuals as it is institutions.
1: Right. Right.
2: I told this story to my banker once. He thought about it for a second, and he said to me, you know what? In business, some of us, we drove here, too.
1: Right. Right.
2: Hello.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. Right. Our dear friend Les Brown, he says something similar. He says, uh, you, uh, "Where you are today is because you, where you are today is a result of you making an appointment to be there."
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: boy, that boy, is you made an appointment to be
0: there. And so, I believe that. Yeah, man, and when you said, when I read that and you have, you talked about the fact that a responsibility, and by saying you drove there, I, I have a responsibility to to, to take some uh, responsibility over my life and that it's not just some f- Flake of circumstance, I have some say in this, and I can get, I can jo- drive out of here. I think that was empowering, man. That was just empowering,
2: man. Let me tell you something. You know, uh, I cannot call this man a friend. I just admire him too much. Yes, but uh, Dr. Bill Cosby a yes. few years ago made some comments that uh, a lot of folks, you know, w- were upset with him when he was talking about personal accountability and responsibility.
0: Hold that thought for one second. I'm going to take a quick station ID because I want you to be able to get that whole thought out. Real quick. Folks, we're going to take a quick break for station identification. We'll be right back. Just hold that thought, Chris. Be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly. And for years, I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willy.jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. And we're back with Chris Gardner. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Chris, go for that thought about Dr. Cosby, and Bill Cosby.
2: I was saying that Dr. Cosby is someone that I admire a, a great deal and uh, have loved and respected for many, many years. Um, a couple of years ago, Willie, he took some hot water for saying some things that I felt needed to be said about personal accountability and responsibility. Right. And being Dr. Cosby, uh, when he was saying what he was saying, he was a little animated and he was pointing his fingers at folks, saying, you, 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 you. Folk don't hear you too good when you put your finger in their face.
1: Right, right.
2: I say the same things, Willie, but I'm pointing the finger at me Mm. when I say them. Mm? Be willing to point the
0: finger at yourself.
2: I'm looking in the mirror, point the finger at me. I drove here. I did this. I'm responsible.
1: Mm. Take full responsibility. That's right.
2: Right, yeah. But again, if I drove here, I can drive out of here. You cannot change something until you own it.
0: Woo, baby. That's
2: like trying to train somebody else's dog. You can't do that.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> that is so true. That ain't your dog. <laughs> he
2: abs- ain't gonna listen to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the you truth. Know, that's the uh, truth.
2: That, that's something my auntie used to tell all of my sisters about man. Girl, you're trying to train somebody else's dog. That ain't your dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: now, in the book, one thing you say, and I like these uh, the five C's. Uh, it, it starts by saying, uh, a dream is just a dream without a plan.
1: You're Where do you get a
0: plan? Up. You create one, and he came up with a five C complex. Clear, concise, compelling, committed, consistent. Let's talk about those.
2: Let me tell you something, man. You know, And when you're talking about doing something that you are truly passionate about, yes. there is no plan B. Mm. Your plan has got to have, again, the C5 complex. Your plan has got to be clear, concise, compelling, consistent, and committed. You've got to have a plan. Three examples. Michael Jordan did not win six NBA championships with the Chicago Bulls because he was committed to plan B. That was plan A. Oprah Winfrey did not become the queen of all media because she was committed to plan B. That was plan A. Mm. Barack Obama is not sitting in the White House because he was committed to plan B. That was plan A. If y'all don't hear anything else I say here today, hear this. Plan B sucks. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Write it down. Plan B sucks. If Plan B was any good, Willie, it'd be Plan A.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: Plan B distracts from Plan A. Huh? Right. That chair you're sitting in right now while we're doing this interview, that was a Plan A chair. That was not a Plan B chair, was it?
1: No, indeed.
2: That's right. Plan B sucks. That's right. Folks say you need something to fall back on. You already got that. It's called a (laughs) butt.
0: <laughs> I love that. Wow. Wow. Man, that's tr- You got to be committed, will. I th- you absolutely. you absolutely got to be all in. That's, that's it. it.
1: That's it.
2: I remember the first time, man, I walked into a Wall Street trading room. The very first time I walked in the door. I mean, the ticket tape is rolling, the phones are ringing off the hook, people are screaming and shouting out orders, bodies are flying all over the place, tickets are getting stamped. It what look like chaos to anybody else, Willie. It looked like for me, man, I was reading a sheet of music and I could feel it, and I knew this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm. It was not, I'd like to try that. Right, right. It was not, I think I could do that. <clears throat> This is where I'm supposed to be, period. Right. And what do I need to do to get here?
1: This is it. This is it, and you got it.
2: the feeling that you want. Not, I'm going to try that. Oh, let me, let me give that a shot. You'll never be any good at it. Mm. You'll be okay. Fine. You'll be adequate. You'll be good. But you ain't going to become world-class with that attitude. Right. I also remember, Willie, I'll never forget this man. You know, I had a mother that told me every single day, baby, you can do or be anything that you want to do or be. And I believed it. Wow. I believed it. You can do or be. She didn't say you could have anything. Mm -hmm. She didn't say you could buy anything. She did not say you're guaranteed, assured, entitled to or owed anything. She said you could do or be anything. And for me, that was an even bigger statement, man, because if you could do or be anything, all this other stuff will come. Right. But I also, Willie, really, I also remember hearing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once say, whatever you're going to do with your life, you should seek to become the best at it. Right. I believe the exact words were, if you're going to become a garbage man, you should seek to become the best garbage man. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to, again, this concept that I'm putting forth in my new book, Spiritual Genetics, that became part of my spiritual genetics. Mm. My mother telling me that you can do or be anything, me making the decision to become world-class at something, and most importantly, me making the decision that when I become a man, have children, My children are going to know who their father is. Willie, I made that promise and commitment to myself as a five-year-old boy. That became part of my spiritual genetics. Wow! Somebody ought to say amen.
0: Amen to that. That's the. I love that. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Hey
2: well, man we at 5 church up in here. Well, yes, to, come on somebody. Yes, sir, come on somebody. Hey, somebody need to open up the door that the church is open right now.
3: Hey, <laughs>
0: man, that is the truth. Oh man, he says in the book, my opinion is that wherever you whenever you choose your own choices, whether they lead to better or to worse, you are empowering yourself. That is. You got to own them. You got to own it. You got to own this and that. Let me ask you a question, and this is not in the book. You know, uh, I had Rudy uh, Rutinger on here uh, some some time ago, and Rudy talked about his you know his story of uh, of Rudy and being an uh, 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 undersized football player at Notre Dame and mm. and, and the whole story and, and how he wrote the book. But he said the bigger challenge was getting the movie made. He said it was a challenge to sell people on the vision of, of My Life Could Be a Movie. How did you make that? How did this happen? How did it come to be?
2: Man, now, see, now I did not have that problem because I had Will Smith.
0: But he, you must have said, I mean, did he get the book? Did he read it? I mean...
2: Will saw an interview that I did with Barbara Walters on 2020, and that was it. Mm. And what Will Smith says, I'm doing this. Everybody in Hollywood says... How can we help you? <laughs> How much money do you need, Mr. Smith? Will could announce right now today that for his next bo- next movie, he's going to read the yellow pages for the whole 2 hours. Wow. And everybody in Hollywood will be like, "Oh man, that's a great idea."
0: So you, were, you need? So you were working the book. To do the interview with Barbara
1: Walters.
2: I did one interview with Barbara Walters as a result of a previous interview that I did with uh, Lynn Redman at ABC out in Oakland, California. She saw a piece that I had done. Uh, I'm still very involved with the church and the homeless shelter that had been so important to my son. Glad Memorial United Methodist. Glad Memorial, Reverend Cecil Williams. With Cecil
0: Williams. Praise the Lord. What a great man of God. You know what?
2: And let me tell you something. I mean, the Reverend is still doing his thing. Reverend got to be 87, 88 years old, and he is still doing his thing every day.
1: Wow.
2: A lot of folks don't know, but the real Reverend Williams was in the movie. Oh, was he? There's a scene in oh, the yes, film right. where yes. right, the Reverend comes out and breaks up a fight on the street between two me and another guy trying to get the last bit in the shelter that yes. night. Yes, yes. That was the real Cecil Williams, man. Wow. And let me tell you this. When we were auditioning actors to play that part of Reverend Williams in the film, yes, they all declined out of respect. No, nah, man, I can't play Reverend. No. Wow. No, I can't. Out of respect.
1: Right right
2: had to play yourself
1: wow
0: (laughs) that's awesome so let me get uh this this timeline here was the book out when when that when barbara walters interviewed you
2: no the book was in the process of being created okay and here's something that's very important very interesting uh we had to learn a whole lot of this stuff, Willie, on the fly. Keep in mind, I had been in finance my whole career. I didn't know anything about publishing books or selling a movie idea. I didn't know any of that stuff. So you had to learn a lot of stuff on the fly. What I did was I surrounded myself with people who were among the absolute best in the business at what they did. Mm. For instance, my co-author, uh, the first author that I worked with, uh, co-author, Quincy Troop. Right. Quincy had done the autobiography of Miles Davis. Mm. Well, all right. That worked
0: for you. Uh, I know that worked for you.
2: All right. Oh, man, <laughs> that was a process. That's a whole other hour right there. <laughs> uh, then I had the chance to bring in Mem Revis to help us polish and make the book what it ultimately became. Mem is the other half of my brain. Wow. Mim previously had done books like Finding Fish, the Antoine Fisher story. She did To Be Loved, the autobiography of uh, Barry Gordy. Yes. So, I mean, it's like, whoa. Okay, to have, you're talking about the top of the food chain. My editor, Don Davis at Amistad, then at HarperCollins. Don had become the first editor to win a Pulitzer Prize at HarperCollins since the 1960s. Wow right yes uh my publicist uh we brought in the publicist that is absolutely the guy who created publicity david rubenstein new york city right so across the board top of the food chain all the way i surrounded myself with people who were the best in the business and they helped me to make some very very important decisions i said all of that to say this when it was time to release the film oh, you need- Sony's position was, well, you should release the film after the book. Now, I get that. They don't care if you sell any books or not because all they want to do is sell tickets to a movie. Right. You do some research because your team is smart. Your team says, whoa, the two biggest book-selling days of the year are Father's Day, Dads and Grants, and Christmas. The movie's coming out right after Christmas, so why would you not release the film, release the book before? Why would you miss Christmas? Right? Yep. Yep. No, man. Surrounding myself with some of the best in the business and listened to them. Hello. Hello.
0: So you listen to smart. (laughs) Listen to your... Look, get smart, people, and then be be wise enough to listen. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Chris Gardner. Boy, this is more good stuff. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show across America, and for sure, the best is yet (laughs) to come. dr willie jolly and i am excited about another opportunity for you to listen to this show because we got the best and the brightest and i want to make sure you all know that you can go to www.walkwithwealth.tv walkwithwealth.tv so you can learn more about some of these great people we have on this show and how you can share them with your family and friends walkwithwealth.tv also williejolly.com. as you know if you, you you you've been on i'm sure you're glued to your uh, radio or to your uh, internet or your computer or wherever you're listening. Uh, You're glued because we have the one and only Chris Gardner uh, from The Pursuit of Happiness. He is a renaissance man. That's simply just what he is. He's a renaissance man. And let me tell you, I have had the opportunity. We've developed a friendship. This is a good brother. I'm telling y'all, folks, this is a brother who loves people. He wants to help people to, to live their best lives. And so I'm just grateful to have him as a friend one, and second, to have him on the show. Thank you again, Chris.
2: No, my brother Thank you. It's an honor to
0: be here with you. Amen. Now, one of the pieces that really struck me in this book, boy, was the story with your mama when y'all were watching the cowboy movie, and you know, in the, mm. the cowboy movie, the the guy was usually always right, of, right to be perished, and the cavalry. Da-da-da-da-da-da, and this time, the cavalry did not show up, and the guy had to be resourceful and figure out how to win out of this situation and your mama said i'm teaching you a lesson here son i want you to get this that mm-hmm. the calvary does not it's always not show coming. up the calvary ain't coming i love that the I calvary said,
2: ain't coming i love they that ain't no backup <laughs> <laughs> ain't no backup well yeah they ain't coming <laughs> The you know, somebody will say okay well you know that's okay yeah well mm. well look here let me tell you something classic example the Calvary is not coming. Willie, 38% of all the households in this country are headed up by single parents.
3: Mm.
1: Yep.
2: That's a classic in the Calvary is not coming. That's Ain't right. no backup. That's now, right. Some folks are going to say, well, Chris, that number sounds a little high. But if you think about it, well, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Right. You can back into that 38% number real easy.
1: That's right. That's, huh? right.
2: That's right. That is the ultimate in the Calvary is not coming. Ain't no backup.
1: No right? backup. So was... When you're
2: a single parent, you can have an off day, but you cannot take a day off. <laughs> Ain't no backup here. Right. When you're the mother and the father. And I did not know just how important this, this whole idea of single parents was, Willie, until a few years ago I did the commencement address at... Uh, the University of California, Berkeley. Yes. And that's huge. Yes. okay Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, when you do that thing, Willie, and you know, there's a traditional way you do it. You congratulate the moms and the dads and the grandparents and the big sisters and brothers and everybody who helped these young people walk across this stage today. But on that day, something made me say... Also, I want to congratulate all the single parents, all the mothers who had to be fathers and all the fathers who had to be mothers. Mm. And so many people really came up to me at the end of that program and just said, you know what? I want to thank you for acknowledging me.
1: Wow. Wow. And
2: so many young people came up to me and introduced me to my, their, their mothers and said, she's also my dad, too. Wow. I got a good friend of mine, Willie, that is in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and he told me with tears in his eyes the only way he made it to the majors is because his mama taught him how to hit a fastball.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: Wow. You think about that for a second.
1: Yep. Wow. Right?
2: And I don't think single parents get acknowledged like we need to and should in this country. The truth of the matter is we need to start a union. We to, I'm gonna make myself the president of the National <laughs> Association of Single Parents. We want some respect.
3: Amen.
0: We want some
2: rights, and we want some benefits.
0: <laughs> I know what you mean, man. I was a single parent for uh, ten years uh, when my daughter ooh. was born, and I, 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 I took, you know, I raised her, and so I, I know what you mean. And, uh,
2: ooh, and everybody can't do that job, ooh, Willie.
0: That's a tough job, man. Doing hair for a little girl, oh, and I'm oh, having to man. do her hair. Her her her, her 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 braids were going sideways, and my mama didn't have any girls. So, <laughs> well, let me let me jump in here a little bit about this resourcefulness, because that what you say is about resourcefulness, and you got to be resourceful because the the cavalry ain't coming. And you say one thing here that I thought was profound. You say cleanliness is said to be next to godliness, but he said, as far as I'm concerned, resourcefulness is truly next to godliness. Because see, I believe, and this is a we can get in a whole theological conversation here. Mm-hmm. But many people, they are waiting for God to do it for them and not realizing that God has given you the tools and the abilities and the gifts to do it for yourself. And so I am of a the- theological perspective, and my new book is called uh, Work Hard, Work Smart, Trust God. And I put trust God last because many people put trust God first, and they'll pray and do nothing else. Well, we must we must act like, uh, as as I've said for many years, we must pray like it all depends on God and and, and act like. It all depends on us. And you know, so, let
2: me tell you how my mama was Yeah, that.
0: yeah, go ahead.
2: <clears throat> mama moved to heaven about about 20 years ago, but we, we still had the same conversation every day. Amen. And we still had the same conversation. She said, son, did you do your work? Mm. Yes, ma'am. Well, did you pray on it? Yes, ma'am. Well, keep working because God's busy. <laughs> <laughs> he helping some folk over there that need a little more help than you He coming your way he's coming your way when he get here he's going to be on time but you keep working because God's
0: busy Ooh, that is good man. you know my friend Wally Famous Amos when he was here over here he said you gotta you know he said people praying for God to drop stuff in their lap well if you want God to drop something in your lap you better put your lap with God dropping stuff <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, give God hey, some man. glory Look and we here. know
0: that's right. Man, this is good stuff. This is I mean, folks, this uh, real quick before, for for, you know, we're going to run out of time. Where do they get your books? They get your materials, they get anything from a Chris God? Where do they go? Anything is there a website?
2: You, want, you go to chrisgardnermedia.com. Chris? I mean, I'm on Facebook or Twitter. CEO of happiness and happiness with a Y. Mm, all right. Yeah, I got to tell you, man. I wish I could say something definitive to you right now. Uh, I can't, but I will say this. Will you got a television? Uh huh. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
1: I know that's right. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. Okay. We just go. We're going to keep that where it is, but we know what's coming. All right. We speaking we just just it. All tuned. right. We'll be
2: right back. Yeah, okay? we'll be <laughs> right back after these messages. <laughs> Brought to you by. Hey, Amen. Right, going Go say another word. Leave them all. Stop.
0: Oh, man. Well, look, you know, one of the things you write in here, and I'm glad we have done, it's best to make friends before you need friends you got
2: to, Will. I mean, you know who taught me that? My Uncle Joe taught me that. My Uncle Joe taught me that. And look, see, now this goes back to this whole thing about spiritual genetics. My Uncle Joe, the story goes, walked from Mississippi to Chicago.
1: Wow.
2: I believe it. And the truth is, he was not the first African American to walk from Mississippi to Chicago. Wow. It had been done before. Wow. And he said to me, you know what, son? I just made friends all along the way, and when it was time to go home, I never met a stranger. It's always best to make friends before you meet need friends.
1: Right. That's right. right. That's you right. can't
2: show up needing somebody that you don't know.
1: Right. Right.
2: You It ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Willie says? Sometimes I get a little bit frustrated sometimes with, with folk because I'm, you know, I, look here, player, that ain't going to work. Right, right. And, and you know it ain't going to work, so why are you trying it?
1: Right, that's right.
2: I cannot tell you how many times I'm hearing from somebody with some dire financial situation, which I don't doubt is dire. Yes. But go call me and I'm supposed to fix everything, which I could with a check, but you had better odds of getting that check if you had reached out before the house was on fire.
3: Amen.
2: Amen. <laughs> Don't call me. The house is on fire. You better call 911. <laughs>
0: We got a minute left in this interview. I've got to share this one quote, folks. And then I'm going to let Chris have his last start here. He said, Overnight success and easy money is that that undermines the importance of purpose, struggle, sacrifice, planning, and discipline that is required for succeeding in most of the and most meaningful undertakings. Don't
1: shortcut your success.
3: Mm.
2: You can't do it, baby. Not if you could be a, become a master.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: Mastery. And the work, I mean, that's one thing, Willie, that we could, again, talk another hour about the work yes. required and the price that you got to pay to be successful and become world class at whatever you want to do with your life. There is a price that you've got to pay, Willie, and it's got nothing to do with money.
1: Right, right. It's
2: about work, commitment, passion, and love. Hmm. Right? There's something called um, the American Dream. Well, there's also something called the American Wet Dream. And what I mean by that (laughs) is the blood, sweat, and tears it takes to build something. And there are no shortcuts.
1: Right. That's right
2: right Woo. folk look at me sometimes and I, you know look man everybody ain't feeling you will they say yeah. oh were well, you doing this you got that well you know what hola player there's a whole lot of work that you didn't see prior to today
1: that's right that's right right? That's right
2: and one of the things i'm stressing to young people is look here when you make the decision that you're going to do what makes you happy a couple of things are going to happen number one Everybody ain't going to dig it. Yep. Number one, A, be prepared to spend a lot of time by yourself. Yep. Huh? Yeah. I can't go to the game. I can't go to the party. I can't go hang out. I got to practice. I got to prepare. I got a huge interview. The other thing that's going to happen, I ain't going to tell you because you won't read the book.
0: All right. Well, that's a good way to close this out. Chris Godman, I love you, man.
2: Loving you right back, Willie. Thank, Thank you, you so man. much for having me, man. Thank you. Hang
0: on for a second. I want to, I want to talk to you after we close up. Uh, folks, you got all a great right. one here today. This was Chris Gardner, the one and only Chris Gardner. And, folks, I want to say to you, tell Lottie and Dottie that if you're listening on Saturday, come back on Monday. You can hear it again. On Wednesday, you can hear it again. But whatever you do, go to walkwithwealth.tv and get more information on how you can access these great interviews. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and you know I love you all. And for sure, your best is yet to come. God bless you. Have a great week on purpose. Only takes, only takes a minute to make up your mind that now is your time to make your run. It
3: only, takes, only takes a minute, sixty seconds to begin to decide to win. the
2: This podcast is a part of the C Sweet Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C sweetradiocom